DJ PK. And it's time to welcome in Craig Bowlerjack on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Bowler, good morning. Hello, you two. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thankfully, I'm good. So I think the good news for you, Bowler, is if you're going to broadcast games from Orlando while you're in Utah doing it off a monitor, I think that means fewer COVID tests for you. We just talked to Joe Ingles, and he's taking them every couple of days and really not enjoying them at all. I can understand Joe's uh, plight. I tell you, the one, one time that we all took it on March 11th was not a fun experience. Uh, I'm not sure what – I think Joe's doing the nasals, the nasal mm-hmm. swab every other day. Uh, that particular night, we did both the lung and the nasal, and it was not fun. Um, I hope I don't have to go through that again. But if you do, you do. And uh, it's a, it's fairly quick, but it's it's not comfortable, that's for sure. But, boy, I guess this plays out right through every other day from here on out until, until basketball is completed. Yeah. Is that what you understand? Yeah, that's I how that's I understand it. League- yeah. yeah, I think that's what the league said. Even when they get to Orlando, it's an every other day yeah. uh, type of testing. So yeah, Joe's Joe and the Jazz and the rest of the uh, the NBA that's participating, they're going to get a uh, their more than fair share of testing for sure. So we've been tossing around a theory, and I started it, and DJ's expanded upon it, and I want to get your reaction to it that this Donovan Mitchell, as he's emerging. Uh, as a young man, 23 years old, speaking on social issues, as he continues to get better and establish himself more in the league, combined with his willingness to speak his mind or at least tweet his mind in this regard, that it will actually help the team because as he gets better, he will undoubtedly be a multiple all-star and then he becomes the focal point and leader of the team willing to say stuff. And people will be attracted to that and want to play alongside of him. So in the long run, him speaking out now on these issues will actually be beneficial to the team. I can't argue that. No, I think it's it's a bold uh, and very uh, impressive move by Donovan. And you, you make the most important statement of his age of 23 and his willingness to step out there pk and i mean step out there to lead i think he's a future uh president of the of the players association at this pace to be totally honest i mean he was invited to join chris paul and and just a few others to talk to Adam Silver just a few days ago, uh, reportedly by ESPN, and that's that's an incredible, um, well, compliment, accomplishment, but also they, the, the the players and the league obviously uh, respect Donovan Mitchell and his thoughts and what he would like to see changed. And I think for the Jazz, you make a great a great point. It's it's a clear that change is needed all around the league and all around this country and all around the world. And Donovan has taken the stance to help change it. And I think it's a bold move by a very young man with, uh, with a lot of hopes. You know, I, I thought at first that, uh, you know, as a, uh, as a high profile guy, a really good player, and then a leader, it would help him recruit players. But I think the more I think about it, 
you know, maybe the more impactful thing will be the energy, whether a guy comes as a free agent, veteran exception, trade, you know, whatever it is. Uh, the energy you come to with, with a team is critical. And when you're going to a team that's one, two, or three right now, you know, Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks in whatever order you think, uh, you know, and you're looking at LeBron or Kawhi or Antetokounmpo and you're thinking, hey, we, we got a pretty good shot here. Look at this guy, huh? And you're fired up. Whereas if you're going to, tw- you know, team 28, 29, 30, hey, get a check, stay in the league. You know, it's just a whole different vibe. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, when you, when you think about the Jazz, the vibe for, you know, winning a championship was such a high vibe at the beginning of the season when they picked up Mike Conley. And, you know, the vibe cooled and calmed. And then it kind of picked up again before COVID hit, whenever he started to kind of hit a stride again. But I'm with you on, on your picks. I think it is a one, two, three with uh, two in the West and the one in the East, which would, you know, the, the two L.A. teams, uh, LeBron, Kawhi, and then Giannis and the Bucks. But, you know, uh, again, getting back to, to Donovan, I just, again, I'm just, you know, I applaud him uh, for taking a stance and trying to help people listen and learn, not only about, uh, you know, it's, it's about history. And that's what, you know, again, I've been trying to tell my sons the same thing is, you know, learn, listen. Uh, before you speak and try to understand exactly uh, what the issues are. Do you think there's a line there for when they get down to Orlando as far as being able to voice your concern about social issues, but also then maybe crossing the line and detracting from the actual competition? Yeah, I'll be interesting, PK. I, I tell you, the, the one thing that I read that I that discussed Donovan getting involved with this conversation, and I, I wrote this down yesterday, was that you know they the, the league, Adam Silver and the NBA, told the Players Association they agreed to continue, and I think I'm quoting here, the discussions and, the, <laughs> and fighting systemic racism uh, in America while they continue to play basketball in Orlando. You know, and you have to wonder, what does that mean? Um, does that mean national broadcasts uh, will air uh, PSAs? Will the players make statements on a nightly basis? Um, I'm not sure. But I think, you know, the basketball is something that the country needs and the players obviously want to play. That's what they do for a living. Checks are important, yes. But at the same time, they still have a message, and they want the message to be heard and also uh, the process to continue. And I think, and obviously, the league uh, has made um, that known to the uh, to the players' association that that's exactly what they'll do. They want the message to continue, and I think you'll see it uh, in Orlando. So when you watch. Uh... All of this unfold leading to Orlando. You got uh, you got any hopes for anybody knocking off the Lakers and Clippers, or have you seen? You think they've separated out, or you think the layoff just puts everybody in a hat and you mix them up again? I think it's one of those things when we used to you know draw numbers. I think there's something to that, DJ. I really do. Avery Bradley, you know, has, isn't going to play. That makes an impact for LA. Uh, you know, the J.R. Smith signing, uh, the alleged or the rumored signing. I'm not sure how that would fare since he hasn't played in a year and a half or so. But 
you know, it's um, I, I think it's there's a toss up factor here still. I mean, we've talked a lot about just the preparation, the seclusion, the bubble. How many players are truly going to be uh, in tune to what the whole task at hand is? And who leads? I mean, I know LeBron wants another one in his hip pocket. Granted, Kawhi is the reigning champion, but now brought it from Toronto and hopes to repeat it or win another with the Clippers. Onto the Kumbos hungry. But how about the rest of the teammates? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think it is kind of a, a foot put a name in the hat and see what happens. Uh, coaching obviously plays a huge role here in preparation. And for me, I think that for the Jazz, speaking for the Jazz, about the Jazz, I would say, too, there's no time just to say, well, we need time. Now, you, I think the team that really is going to make the biggest impact and the upsets early would be hitting the floor quickly uh, with precision and a team-like precision, by the way, where everybody's on the same page. And what team will be that? Could it be a surprise team? I think so. I think there'll be some sleepers, some outliers, who come in and probably you know do surprise and knock off uh, a mighty giant, allegedly, in the first round. I think it's just part of what this whole thing is going to be about. I really do. I'll be surprised. I'll say this. I'll be surprised if there isn't upsets along the way. And those eight games that are played prior to the playoffs, how things uh, will force teams up and down that ladder. And the Jazz obviously could be definitely included. You've spoken about how DJ's mentioned how you may be broadcasting remotely. you know what they're going to do for other general media coverage? What's allowable? Boy, PK, I'd tell you, some of that stuff is still unclear. We've heard just a bit for what our jobs are going to be. I don't know how many, if any, media national writers are actually going to be in that that bubble in Orlando. I'm sure there will be. Um, I'm not sure if locally, if any papers, um, if Tony from The Athletic, Tony Jones, uh, that we know well, is going to be put into that situation or if they're allowed to have some sort of outside, um, if you can view a game at the arena, I just don't, I don't know. I haven't really heard the entire, uh, the plan, but uh, I know that a lot of people have asked about it, and I just, I don't know the actual, you know, a decision that the league has made. It may be ongoing, but again, it's a big decision, and I'm sure expensive for one, if you're going to, if you're, paper will send you there to go inside the bubble because you'll have to be part of the 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 testing every other day food lodging all the above Uh, i'm not sure if there's anything outside the bubble that is allowed yet that i know of so i assume there'll be some kind of uh post-game zoom press conferences with the local media that that's how they're going to do something but uh and there's a million details to work out with all that stuff well i hope so you know i want to hear from the players Uh, you know i'd love to have a walk-off but i don't think that's going to happen either i think microphones will be uh, you know not allowed just because of the as we know you know the wind sock that you you know everybody sees on it the microphone they have to sanitize it uh they don't want to risk who's used it prior and i get that um, I guess the safest way is to put a camera or a computer 
close enough to a player where they could actually be zoomed in and maybe we could lock them into a live talk post-game. I think probably the easiest way they're thinking is that um, anybody who wants it, the the post-game interview, just like in a postseason scenario, right, they bring them in, uh, they would have one camera, one microphone, but I don't know who asked the questions, you know? Uh, unless there's there's got to be PR that will be part of the the grouping, and uh, maybe a social um, um, social media member from each team that would be part of that. But if there's no reporters inside, then again, it's just kind of a uh, three or four question you know situation, and then uh, the players released and off they go back to whatever the quarantine situation is going to be. I'll tell you what, guys, I just think that. We're all going to have to understand it's a different time and some new rules have now been applied to what we were so used to doing and so casually approached a locker room and walked in with press passes for now. And I hope it's not for all time, but I hope uh, we get back to normalcy uh, sometime down the road. But I think for now we've got new rules and, and new ways of going about how we do our business. So we've seen with the PGA Tour back that Bryson DeChambeau's come back and it's just so buff and Jokic in uh, Denver has come back and he's much slimmer. I'm just wondering when Craig Bowlerjack reemerges publicly, what are we going to see that's different? Well, I don't think I'm going to be more buff, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know, man. I've grown a few gray hairs, I'll tell you that. I'm not sure if I want to keep it or not. But, you know, I think a lot of a lot of guys I know, you know, they went with the, the COVID beard. And, uh, you know, why shave every day or every other day? I just I think probably it's going to get trimmed off. But uh, I, just, I just need, uh, you know, you, you you just need to work, and I'm glad you guys are behind the mic on a daily basis. Like I've said, I mean that's that's what I listen to, and that's where I get information. And I know you were off the air for a while during the beginning of all this, but I'm so glad the Jazz uh, put everybody back on the air and and uh, you know rocking and rolling. I just want to be a part of that. You know, whenever we get back on to, into the booth, and really the booth is just going to be, you know, looking at a big screen, and I hope fans understand. I, I, I'm going to learn with them on what actually we're going to do uh, in the sense of the crowd, the energy. There will be no crowd where they pump crowd noise in. I think fans, I don't know if they want that. It's kind of that, uh, you know, on comedy shows when you know that the, you're supposed to laugh but the joke's not that good and you wonder why they have the laugh track in at that particular time. But, you know, I don't want it to be overplayed, but I've got to, it's going to be my responsibility and, and Thurls and Harperings and, you know, Booners, Locke, uh, KK, all of us in Alema, you know, we've got to have that energy ourselves uh, and try to not overdo it, but obviously react to the moment of when Donovan goes sky high. So uh, we'll wait and see. I know a lot of times DJ and I have talked about this, PK, that uh, that's kind of the way that a lot of sports are going right now is that, uh, you know, you save travel. Um, I'm not a fan. Uh, but again, I don't have a choice. And if that's calling games off monitors, that's what we're going to have to do. Well, Bowler, I expect when you come back, you won't have a beard, and you will be, <laughs> in the words of Lama Harrington, fuck! <laughs> How many times did Lama say that? 
Oh, I tell you. Yeah, well, I saw Lemma uh, just the other day, and uh, he uh, he is a he just got back from uh, St. George, and I hardly recognize him. He is he's a tanned god, uh, but you know, at least staying outside, you know, getting some sun, trying to stay healthy the best you can, and hopefully, um, you know, basketball will, will will they'll stay safe. You know, baseball's coming back. Tcano, you've got to be happy with that. Uh, I think at what sixty games yep. on July twenty fourth, will someone hit four hundred? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, it, there'll be some exciting storylines coming out of baseball too. But the biggest factor is can you stay safe and healthy along the way? And right now we're kind of in that danger zone again. So let's just hope that's the case that we we all stay safe. Thanks, Bowler. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Craig Bowler, Jack, his weekly visit right here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. New York Knicks president Leon Rose said he intends to have the franchise's next head coach in place by the end of July. He says, we're looking at a lot of different people with a lot of different mindsets and philosophies. He says, for me personally, this is educational. and I need to make sure we go through this process and we dot every I and cross every T in order to make the right decision. The Knicks have won one playoff series in the last 20 years. Sacramento Kings forward Jabari Parker and center Alex Landon both tested positive for COVID-19, but both plan to rejoin the team in Orlando after clearing quarantine. Pacers guard Malcolm Brogdon also tested positive and said he's feeling good as he anticipates rejoining his team as well. That's your Back to Basketball update presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. We saw today a statement from Jim Crane of the Houston Astros owner and uh, saying that he hopes to, at some point in time, play in front of some fans. Now, we don't know when or how many, but uh, it is, uh, I think, at this point in time, premature to say that all teams will play before no fans all season. That's John Morosi from Fox Sports. It makes sense to me. you got a 40,000-seat stadium, PK. You could put at least 40 people in there and socially distance them. So zero isn't the number. <laughs> but what is the number? How do you get them in and out of the stadium? Restrooms, concessions, those are the headaches that they got to figure out. But they're trying to recoup money. They're going to put some people in the stadium. And whether the number is 4,400, 4,000, you know, I'm, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. But, man, I just can't believe the number is going to be zero. No, I had heard earlier NFL was looking at ten to twelve thousand mm-hmm. because they tend to have bigger stadiums. You yep. know, baseball has smaller stadiums as the uh, used to be that they had the multi-purpose, but now most of the stadiums, if not all of them, are just except for Oakland, they are specific to that individual sport that it was tended to be built. So there might be some type of rule that they institute that it would be a percentage. So obviously, the LA Coliseum 
where the uh, – well, actually, the Rams aren't going to be playing. That stadium's going to be done this year, right? It's right, yeah, they're going uh, into their new stadium. Yeah, it opens, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> so – but the, the football stadiums are bigger, so is the percentage of folks that they let in. Seems to me like they, they can get away with that. And, and then the thing about this stuff is if you try it and you find out that there's complications and issues, well, then you can roll it back. Yes, and you're trying it with, uh, you got 30 teams, so you got 15 games every day, and, you know, the legal share information between the clubs, so it seems like they ought to be wor- able to work through some of these issues pretty quickly, because they ought to be working on this as a group, and I suppose that there also ought to be some crossover, because a lot of these issues, what you do with restrooms and concessions, that doesn't matter, the sport, so whether it's college football, the NFL, Major League Baseball, uh, they're all going to face be facing these issues we, we assume in the next, what, three months. Less than that in some cases. Yeah. I would love to go to Dodger Stadium and be the only one in the pavilion in the outfield. <laughs> and this way I'd be guaranteed to get a ball. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but you know, they're thinking, well, we could put two people in the right field pavilion. Well, if we move them to the, to the right field line, then we could put two people in the right field pavilion in right center. So then, you know, you might have a race to, to a ball. But there could be some kind of rules. I don't know. You have to work that out. No, I want one person, and then you see that person, when it's a right-handed batter, get up and walk all the way over, and then when it's a left-handed batter, get up and walk <laughs> to the other side. Nice. <laughs> so it's not just the outfielders who are shifting, so are the fans. <laughs> yeah, depending on, obviously, if you're left-handed, you're more inclined to hit the ball into the right-field stands versus right into the left-field stands. Yeah. We saw that the uh, the gamblers, they we, we must... We must get the gamblers gambling again. That's what the online uh, wagering world and, and, and Vegas are thinking right now. So there's odds out on the baseball teams. Uh, on 60 games, the win total, 38.5. Would you take the over the under for the Yankees-Dodgers? They're both on 38.5, which is about 103 wins. The Dodgers won 103 last over. year. The Yankees won 106. And you're taking them over? Today. I would go over as of today. That could change. But right now, today, yes, I'd go over. Yankees and Twins have pretty good win totals. And then you get to four teams on 33 wins. And they're all halves, so it's 33 and a half. Uh, Three on 32 and a half. And then nine teams on 31 and a half. So this is baseball's dream with the shorter season. There isn't time for teams to space out. And... It, there's no way all those teams, you know, still there's only 10 playoff spots, but it sounds like you're legitimately going to have the expectation is that at least 15 and maybe as many 20 tween teams will be in a wild card race right down to the last week or two. My expectation is that great teams in this shorter season will be greater. Because? Because there are no, well, you know, we're at the end of a road trip here. Uh, and we have traveled to three different cities, and we've had a successful road trip. Say you've had a 12-gamer, and you're 9-2, and two, and you got that last game. It's getaway day, and your pitchers, are they're just sort of gassed, what have you. So you let somebody stay out there a little bit longer, just eat up innings. You know, not, not everybody's a star on a pitching staff. Some guys just become basically inning eaters over the course of 162. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, you, you with baseball, there's always another day. And so the, you just can't really go crazy in any individual game. That's why I've always said that uh, I don't want to see Bryce Harper 
diving or going up against the wall running full speed because there's a game tomorrow. And I need him in the lineup, right? Same thing with Mike Trout. So if he has to play a single, uh, uh, that was potentially he could dive for it, play it into a single because I'd rather have you play than have you jam up some fingers or a wrist or whatever it might be, right? Well, this is a different situation now with only 60 games. The level of importance onto each game takes on a far greater level than it was prior because you always you'll still have a game tomorrow in a couple of months since rather than in a five month sense and so teams will be playing more so to win so my thought and this is my th- I was th- I've been thinking about it I don't know if it's true because not probably my theories are probably at best 50% accurate but we all come up with theories particularly when you're sports talk radio and you're trying to think of stuff to talk about when there are no games right it's like it's I know for the both of us and Yacht too, it's on our minds all the time. What am I going to talk about? (laughs) What's going to be interesting to get people to listen? I don't want to just keep beating COVID and and the social situation. I think we've got response on that. People don't want that. They view it as an escape. They want to talk about sports. Well, we don't have actual sports outside of the golf. Phil Mickelson's kicking butt right now, I might add, in Connecticut. One stroke off the lead. I've got it on the television. And... So they want stuff that you'd think that could generate some thought. So as far as baseball, I've been thinking that the better teams are going to be better because they're going to try to win more. It's not going to be an absolute. I'm not saying a literal win at all costs, but a win is going to mean more in a 60-game season, and a loss is going to mean more too. So that's where I've come up with the theory that the great teams will be greater We'll find out in a couple of months. I may be totally out of line here, but that's what I'm thinking right now. I was wondering if it was going to be a little harder for the great teams because teams in the middle that might have been playing young guys and kind of mailing into the last month because they're not in the hunt, if it really is going to be as compact as the gamblers seem to be predicting with these win totals, if teams 17, 18, 19, 20 are going to be scrapping down the stretch instead of playing young guys and rolling over and, you know, every man for himself. 25, 25 players, 25 cabs. Well, I think those teams that you speak of, they probably already are playing young players. Well, that could be a strong point right there. You're right. I mean, one of the teams that was on 31 was the Padres. And, you know, we've talked about them going through a major, you know, overhaul and, and really committing to young guys. And they've had a lot of prospects. And it's some of them have moved up and some more of them will move up this year. Your Diamondbacks were also in that group at 31, along with the Red Sox and the Cubs, some, some high-profile franchises there. I would think so relative to where they were last year. I mean, it makes sense. And uh, speaking of golf, the Utah Championship is underway. Daniel Summerays teed off at 9.15, and he went out and birdied the first hole. So, But you're going to have to make a bunch of birdies. The winning score, you know, we think will be 20 under, and, and we've got uh, guys who are four under through seven, eight, and nine holes right now. Uh, three co-leaders all on the course at four under. So... Going low, and, and there's a couple hours of that on TV on the Golf Channel. Yeah, that's day. what I was just going to get to. I yeah. think it's uh, 4 to 6 our time. Yeah, I think you're right. Is that accurate? I think you're right. Uh, and I'm intending to watch some of that because I think that would be fun to just see it uh, over there in Oak Ridge and see some of the some of the guys that we know or at least are aware of and 
who told us Mike Weir was going to play it? Was it uh, yeah, Bob Casper? Did he tell us that? Yeah, and he will. I checked the tee times. They sent him out last night, and he tees off in the afternoon One group. fifteen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, it'll be after lunch for him. So, And then he'll get a morning time tomorrow. Daniel Summerhays right now is playing with his nephew, uh, Preston Summerhays, the 17-year-old, and also BYU golfer Cole Ponich. So they've got a nice little trio right there. And I did not see – usually they put them together so you can follow them. Oh, here's Preston. Preston uh, – who's still an amateur, uh, parred the first hole. So they just got going at 9.15. He's going to so. be a sun devil. Devil's PK. Yeah, he's, he's from down there, isn't he? Yeah, Boyd lives down there. Yeah. His father. <laughs> the Summer Hayes family tree. Yak, brothers, nephews, uncles, spell it out. There's Ready? too many Go. Summer Hayes to really keep track <laughs> know, of. Right. right. Well, Boyd uh, went down and moved down there, and then Tony's down there, Finau, to get the coaching from Boyd. I understand that. All right, other stuff we've talked about during this show. Anything else you want to hit, PK? Well, Phil's about ready to hit his ball on the par 3 eighth hole, 175 yards. He's in his backswing. The ball is now in the air. The ball is now in the air. (laughs) You don't have to whisper. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. You're a thousand miles away. (laughs) Where are they this week? Uh, Connecticut, I think, right? Connecticut Tennessee Highlands yeah. up there from Cromwell, yeah. Connecticut. You're a couple you're a yeah. couple thousand miles away. You're not just one thousand miles away. Correct, yeah. And so uh they've got it on. It's not the full tournament, but a golf channel, they, they show you some stuff as they go in and in and around their their talk show stuff. And hey, it's live sports, man. So Grab it. take it. Grab it, hold on to it. All right, DJ and PK, that's a lot of what we've been talking about this morning, and it is all brought to you by Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. G League Coach of the Year, the head coach of the Salt Lake City Stars, Martin Schiller. So, Coach, what are you going to do to celebrate? I think I'm going to drink some whiskey and smoke a cigar. All right. That sounds pretty good. (laughs) How do you like living in Utah? I liked it from the first second on. No complaints on my end. Have you found any good Spetzla in Salt Lake City or maybe Uh some Wiener Schnitzel? Wir sind alle in die gleiche Suppe. Yes, yes, yes. We, we say that, yeah. And man muss das Leben eben nehmen, so wie das Leben eben ist. Fantastic. Wouldn't you know, Gordon's been telling us all these years he knows German and he's not full of it. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for your feedback, and it is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up the new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. We've got people weighing in on uh, Donovan Mitchell and a few other topics this morning. Um, There's uh, a lot of people with Donovan who think there is upside here and he can be very good, much better than he is. You know, and I I wonder how people grade out much better because a lot of times it's a scoring average. And when you're at 24 points a game, you're not doubling your scoring average. I don't know if people know how hard it is to move. (laughs) Well, if you're Wilt, you are. Okay, if you're Wilt. But since he's not Wilt, and we know that, you know, to move your scoring average two or three points once you're at 24 is a really big deal. 
Now, there's upside there for him. You know, he can shoot more free throws. He's shooting less than five a game. I think that's the first thing. And we'll have Locke on tomorrow. We could talk to him about getting him more three-pointers and shooting a little better. Because at 36.5%, he's still got room. He's still got some room to improve there, potentially. Now, you can argue that that's just who he is. But Locke will tell us, hey, if, we, if the Jazz get him more catch-and-shoot threes, we are going to see a lot more fans, you know, bouncing off the walls, going nuts, because he's going to make them. And it's going to make him that much, you know, that much better. Now, what's a lot? We can talk to Locke about that tomorrow. Well, I think that one of the things or a couple of things that you can see, and obviously winning is the ultimate goal here. But the fact uh, that he becomes a better player, which we all believe he will. I mean, there's no doubt in our minds that he will be a better player in three years from now than he is today. Uh, And that mere presence of being a better player even if you're just standing there, you'll make others better. And then secondly, his ability to do stuff in the clutch. Because when you look at Jordan and Kobe and Larry Bird and some of these just ultimate players, we don't really know what their scoring average was in an individual year. We'd have to look it up. We know it's very good. We'd have to look it up. But we know, my gosh, they hit so many big shots and made so many big plays. And whether that play is, it doesn't even have to be a bucket, right? We can recall Jordan not following through with Hornacek and sneaking back and stealing the ball. Larry Bird diving and all that type of stuff. And, and, and Kobe doing all the stuff that he did. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a basket like, we think of Robert Ory, he's a clutch shooter, right? Well, that's what we think of. Do we think of anything else with Robert Ory? We think of him getting the ball in a clutch situation and making a shot. And he's not considered an all-time great. But these all-time greats, they do clutch stuff in clutch situations. Larry Bird stealing the ball. Who was it? Isaiah threw that little yeah. floater pass. He stole the ball, passed it to, who, who was it, Dennis Johnson for the layup? Stolen and by so Bird. So there's all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Stolen there's, by yeah, Bird. Stuff you can do. You can do that. And that's what the great ones do. And they're not measured in necessarily specifically scoring. So there's a lot of ways in which Donovan can and will get better, that'll make the team better, that ultimately lead to winning. And if you want as much acclaim as you could possibly get, well, be individually great and then win at the highest level and you are good to go. Uh, We were talking yesterday about the New York City Marathon getting canceled from uh, Wendy. It's a responsible thing to do and it makes me so sad. Fortunately, I'm channeling my stubbornness and not giving up on my training. We got marathoners right here in Utah at altitude PK. Mentally tough pushing through the pain in a marathon. I'm going to go out and run a half a mile this morning myself. A half mile? That a kid. Yeah. Well, you got to work up. You know, you just don't put on the shoes and start running a mile right off the bat. You know what I mean? Uh, We'll give the last word to Brian. My drive-in with DJ and PK gets frustrating during these dog days. Endless journalist comes on and profess their best opinion as learned medical professionals. Can't they just say it's my opinion? And can we have a conservative on? Yak, you tweeted back at him. Well, we do. DJ, we have you on every day. Uh Yak, what did you you tweet back (laughs) at the guy, Yak? On PK's part. (laughs) I, I did tweet back at him and said, hey, We'd be happy to have any conservative voices on. We want to have a pretty balanced conversation if we can afford it. But 
I'm at the mercy of who says they can do it and who's willing to do it. I don't even have a conservative on. How's that going with Clay I don't Travis? Want cons- <laughs> Not good. I don't want a conservative on. And, and Clay Travis has voted for nothing but Democrats as president, by the way. Uh, so I don't know how he got considered presenting another opinion and then people want to label you as such. I get that all the time. Jake Scott has labeled me a conservative for years, and that's one, and there are many reasons, but that's one of the reasons why I hate Jake Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Clay could come on and present a different opinion regardless of who he votes for, but uh, he's been all... Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. He's been don't, offered don't be up. Labeling but, someone. He's been offered up, but then when it's time to nail down the date and the time, then it's, eh, not so much. Pulled back there. So. Well, I heard Yach snap at you, so I assume that what that's what it must have been. I didn't hear the question that sent Yach off early or in a commercial break. Oh, no, there, there were. I've tried. There were several of them. There were several of them. <laughs> I've been irritating Yach. I'm pretty glad much, I stay out of your squabbles. Pretty much twice an hour on the hour here all morning long. So. Yeah, that's one of the benefits of doing it remotely is I, don't, I haven't wanted to punch you in a while. <laughs> well, we got to change that. <laughs> Come on. Certain things this show needs. Well, All right. In time, we will. What we really need is to move out of the way and let Scotty Hands come on. They are on next. We'll see you tomorrow. David Locke will be joining us. Plus, y'all can have a surprise guest of who knows what political affiliation. See you tomorrow from 6 to 10.